you for bringing us into this house in this moment and in this time to literally shift us into something that we perhaps have not been in. We thank you, Father, that we are coming into an understanding that we are uh, who we are because of your grace. We pray, God, that you would open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our minds to receive in Jesus name. Amen. I want you to hug that person's hand that you're holding and just say, I love you. Come on. Amen. 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 I love you. Like, no, for real, I do. Amen. Say this with me. Say, I am alive. I am alert. Say, my heart is open to receive a life-changing word from the Lord. Say, my life is about to be reshaped. Say, my thoughts are about to be challenged. Say, my spirit is about to be stretched. Say, my future is about to be made clearer. Say, the word of the Lord is about to reform my life. Amen. Uh, go with me, if you would, to a relatively familiar passage of Scripture, St. John chapter number 8. And if you uh, do not have a, a Bible or a phone or a tablet to read it from or buy a physical Bible, uh, it is up here on the screen to my right uh, and to your left. Amen. And just I, I just really am excited about this word. If you, just play, if you play that music, just look off. I say, uh, <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> But it was so soothing, like, you got to turn it off, play your mic, I'm going to sleep. But thank you so much. Uh, but, but I don't forgot what I was going to say. Amen. John chapter 8, verse number 31 through 36. And uh, we're going to just read this. And, uh, and we're going to uh, just really teach today and talk this out and impart it. Uh, just last week, um, that's what I was saying. Last week, the Lord just kind of gripped me with this thing. Uh, that we're going to deal with today uh, and through conversations throughout the week. Uh, sometimes if you are in ministry, uh, you are always listening. And um, some of you know what I mean by that. And, and sometimes people can just be having a casual conversation and then you just kind of zoom out and you're somewhere else and you're still in front of them going, yeah, right. And, but you're having a completely, totally other conversation you might know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm not by myself. I'm not crazy. Amen. But that happened really uh, uh, to, uh, this week, and it just really confirmed, uh, and just through little things, uh, God confirmed this. So we're going to look at St. John chapter number 8, and I'm going to do my, just my best to just talk this out and preach this and impart this, uh, because we need to embrace this. Amen, somebody. Amen. You're like, I don't know what I'm saying. Amen. Just say amen by faith. Amen. It's, the, it's in the word. St. John chapter 8, verse 31 through 36 out of the ESV version of the Bible says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And he answered him, and they answered him, rather, we are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will become free? 
This is another example of what we saw in John chapter 3 when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you have to be born again. And he said to them, well, how can I enter to my mother's womb? I'm already old. I'm not talking about natural things. Here's another example of that because they're thinking we're, we, we've never been in bondage. We're the sons of Abraham. We're, 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 we, we have status. We have, we have uh, uh, an ability in the culture and the society to be free. We're not slaves. What are you talking about, Jesus? He's like, dude, I'm not talking about that. And he answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. He said, yeah, we're not talking about naturally, but if you are in a place of sin, yes, you are a slave. And yes, you are bound. Give me just a little bit more volume, please. Just a little bit. Verse 35. The slave does not remain in the house forever. Watch that. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free Indeed. Today I'm going to be talking to you, and I couldn't come up with a snazzy title, uh, about truth and freedom. Amen. <laughs> and my assignment is simple, but the work of my assignment is, is somewhat complex, so I need you to think today. Get out pieces of paper, pens, all that good stuff. Uh, but my assignment today is to bring us to a heightened understanding of freedom as believers. Sounds simple, doesn't it? You're like, that's a trick question. So at any rate, a, a lot of us as believers silently struggle with the realities of our faith and the realities of what we see and what we feel on a day-to-day -day basis. We find ourselves uh, doing mental and spiritual gymnastics oftentimes as to why we have differences in our confessions and by what we see. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I know this to be true for a great many of us. That is simply stated that oftentimes we, we, we say things, we declare our faith, and we say, I believe God and X, Y, and Z. But then we look at the day-to-day -day reality of our life and go, how come it just does not quite add up? And unfortunately, we have not, and when I say we, I mean the church by and large for, for many years, has not done a great job of raising up accurate and articulate people. We've raised up praisers. We have raised up worshipers. We have raised up entrepreneurs. We have conferences. We have flyers. We have creatives now. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But we must be strong and we must be smart enough to dig deeper into the realities of our faith. Nothing wrong with those things that I mentioned, so I don't want you to feel like I'm, I'm throwing shade because I'm not. But what I'm simply saying is we have to come to a heightened understanding of who we are in Jesus Christ and what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, the Bible describes, is the light of the world. If you were like me, when I, when I hear or, or, or have heard he is the light of the world, I most oftentimes filter that meaning that we are to be a witness against moral sins and injustices. And there's nothing particularly wrong, with, again, with that application, but I always think of evangelical uh, thoughts when you say, he's the light of the world. And there's nothing wrong with that, 
But if we go back to scripture, St. John chapter one, verse uh, four, four says this in him was life and the light was the light of men. And it goes on to say that, 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 that he came to his own and his own received him not. And that darkness could not comprehend that light. So it obviously was not talking about that I am a, a, a witness and, and, and I'm saying, hey, you need to get, give your life to Jesus. And, because if that were true, they would understand that. Maybe they didn't agree with it. But this word understand in St. John chapter 1, to comprehend means to be able to compute or embrace. And so this word light in verse number four means reason or mind or the power of understanding, especially when it comes to morality and watch this spiritual truth. Everyone say truth. truth. Now, Jesus is not a purveyor of another religious thought. He is not in competition with Allah, Muhammad, Confucius, Hare Krishna, right. Daddy Grace, Father Divine, or any other false Christs. He's, he is not a purveyor of another religious thought. He is the source of life and truth. Everyone say truth. truth. And, and this is why we spent all of last year in dealing with unlocking Christ. Remember that? We talked about his mind. His uh, mantle, his ministry, and his mission. We talked about these things, and quite honestly, can I tell you a secret? I think that's why we had a lot of hell last year, too, quite Absolutely. frankly. Because when you begin to unlock Christ, Christ is going to confront some stuff. And it has nothing to do with religious thoughts. And so when we really begin to understand the personhood of Jesus Christ, who is the central figure of our faith, I need you as a believer to embrace these exclusive statements that Jesus made. Calm down, BT3. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except by me. There are no many ways to God. You may take a different way in the, to Jesus, but there's one way to God. He also made this statement. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. These are exclusive statements. These are statements that set him apart from everything and everyone else. And this is difficult for us as Christians to embrace because we live in a society that is so easily offended and gets rejected very easily. And so we don't want to say, yes, you need to accept Jesus or yes, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. no, sir. I'm not saying you go around and just put people in hell. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But that has to be our conviction of the truth of who Jesus is. That he's that important. That he's not just another option on the religious scene that you can choose. <laughs> Calm down. He also says in Luke 14, you therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, 
I, I didn't make these statements. I didn't create Christianity. And we've got to be so that there has to be a conviction in your heart that goes beyond, listen, the discomfort of those statements. That's it. That's it. Calm down. There has to be a conviction in your heart that you are able to stand there flat footed and still love people and tell them you need Jesus. And that doesn't mean I hate you. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to mistreat you. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. In fact, he loves you so much that he came for you. Right. And we need to embrace this. Now, now watch this. Christianity. Now, here's what begins to also set us apart from a practical place. Christianity is not simply a set of principles. Right. Hear me. But it is a journey into the personhood of the God man, Jesus Christ. We want to say relationship. relationship. It, it is not just do this. It is not just stop doing that. But it is an invitation to come into the personhood of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. Everyone say relationship one more time. It is the realm of relationship, brothers and sisters, that was the first context of attack that we see in scriptures. God, please cover me here. What, what do you mean? We see this in the book of Ezekiel when the prophet begins to detail how Lucifer, Isaiah rather, when Lucifer says, I'm going to be like the most high. I'm going to exalt my throne. I'm going to be worshipped. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. And then he comes down to earth after he's kicked out of heaven and begins to bring division in the garden through, the, through accusations within relationships. <laughs> Everyone say this with me. Say context, context. Creates, creates definition. definition. Say that again. Say context, context. Creates, creates definition. definition. That is to say that when we do not have the proper context of a relationship, and then right now I'm talking about our relationship to God, it's going to throw everything off and everything that is purposeful and significant is going to be askew because we do not have the proper context. Okay? Now let me give you a, a, an example is that we all can relate to. In fact, there's a meme. Your wife just posted this meme. You know how when your parents be like, I'm not your little friend. Right. That's accurate. And the point is, a parent can say things that your teacher cannot say. The point is, your parent can say things that your friends cannot say. Can be the same words. You think you are that? Who you think you are? And you go back, but if your dad was like, who you think you are that boy? And if we do not have the proper context in which we do relationship from, it's going to cause offense. It's the largest attack of relationship. Watch this. It's called deception. And when we are deceived into believing or seeing something that is not true, it will create a, a vacuum and will create room for division. Everyone say division. Is not my portion. Say it again. Say division, division. 
is not what God died for. Watch this. In the garden, Genesis chapter 2, one of the things that the enemy does, he does not pick off a stick from a tree and start beating Eve from behind. He does not sprinkle fairy dust on berries that they're eating. What he does is he begins to bring seeds and accusations of deceit and doubt. Did God say? Is that really what he meant? Are you really who God says you are? And this is why Jesus said in that same chapter that we read, we're going to go to in just a moment, in Genesis and Genesis and John chapter 8, he says, the devil is a liar and the father of lies and a murderer from the beginning. And what I'm trying to suggest to you this afternoon is if we do not stay and abide like Jesus said in his word, we become susceptible to the deceit and the trickery and the plans of the enemy. Just raise your hands real quick and say, I need to stay in truth. Say it again. Say, I need to stay in truth. Calm down, BG. Truth, brothers and sisters, is an ultimate ethic that becomes the substance of and the strength that we build life upon. This is why the whole my truth statement is so dangerous. Uh-huh. Is because you and I don't have enough strength and virtue to build our own lives upon. Right. You and I cannot afford to live outside of the truth of God. Right. You know why? Because you're flawed. Right. I'm flawed. Right. I don't know everything. I'm not omniscient. I'm not all-knowing. But if we can understand that there is the truth that invites us to come into agreement with him, I will gladly exchange my truth for him. Yes. Yes. We want to say truth. truth. Say truth one more time. Truth. Say I'm positioned, I'm positioned in, truth. in truth. Say it one more time. Say I'm positioned, I'm positioned in truth. Say you got to say it one more time. Say I'm positioned, I'm positioned. in truth. Now, now, let me shift you here because I'm about to get into some, some, some greater teaching. Watch this. Because one of the things that, that has been a, a, a place of contention is what it means to be born again. Water and spirit. And I'm not talking about the doctrine of soteriology, <laughs> which in my estimation has been hijacked by the spirit of religion because we're fighting one another about different things that that we really don't even understand. And that's all I'll say about that. But many believers really don't know what happened and what this really means. Are are y'all ready? I mean, I'm really, we we don't, we don't, we, we know what happened to us, but do we really understand what happened to us? I see your wheels turning. We, we, we know that we had an experience in, in the waters of baptism, and we need that. And we know that we spoke with tongues, and we felt something come out of us and come into us, and we need that. But I'm convinced that a great many of us don't understand what really transpired. Break it down. I will. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone say position, position. Versus, versus condition. Now, now, now watch this. The Bible says to us, if any man be in Christ, 
He is a new creature. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says to us, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Don't go to sleep on me yet. Y'all go to sleep in about 30 minutes. See what time it is. Okay. Maybe not. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5 and 6 says this. It's about to get really good. I, I wake up if I were you. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him. And I want you to pay attention to what these next few words say. And seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm about to get really excited. Because what this describes is where we struggle. Because we struggle with being gripped with the reality of where we have been positioned versus our condition. When you talk about your position, we're talking about where you are. The Bible that we believe in just said that we were seated with him. Where? If I tell a lie, do I lose my seat? (laughs) If I make a mistake on Saturday night, do I lose my seat? If I don't pray for 10 hours tomorrow, do I lose my position? I don't. But the problem is, watch this, is that we are not aware, number one, of where we are, and we have not learned how to embrace, watch this, truth. Because we have been more in agreement with my truth based upon how I feel. It's a matter of what is influencing you and what you are aware of. Everybody say truth and freedom. I I need you to understand this about truth is that truth repositions you. This is why he said you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It repositions you. It takes you from one place and puts you in another place. Truth repositions you. Not only that, truth, watch this, embrace begins to recondition you. Calm down. Okay, let me me, me break this really all the way down. Uh, Just raise Addie up in the air like this, like Simba Mufasa thing. All right, that's Adeline, y'all. Everybody say, hi, Adeline. Adeline is not two years old. Yeah, she got a mouthful of teeth. She can walk. 
she, she, she's, she's a little girl. She's growing. Chances are she'll go to sleep. <laughs> if you can come into agreement with me, woman of God, I'm speaking a word over them. Amen. Thanks. That's what I'm talking about. Watch this. Her position is 2192. East 54th. That's where she is positioned right now on her mother's lap. Right. Right? Right, 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 right. She don't go to sleep. She's going to be put into the car seat. And guess what will happen when she wakes up? Totally unaware. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, are y'all? Oh, yes. That she was repositioned. Yes. Totally. I went to sleep. And I woke up. And I was somewhere else. Jesus. Come on, sir. See, but that's what truth does. It repositions you. Now watch this. She may not have been aware of the drive home. So it may cause her to be offended. Why didn't you tell me we were going home when you were asleep? But what truth does, it says, Adeline, we're at home now. So I'm going to take off your nice pretty dress and I'm going to put on a onesie because you, you're, you're now at home. So it repositions us and it reconditions us. See, and, and here's the struggle. It's because we don't understand. Yes, I've been repositioned. But because we stopped embracing truth, we stopped being reconditioned. It, it, it's, it, it's not that our position changes in God. It's that we are influenced by something else. <laughs> it's not that the prodigal son stopped being the prodigal son. He was influenced by his own desires and greed and agenda. It, it's not that his father wrote him off of the wheel. It's not that his DNA changed. It's not that he got a new color hair or, 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 or whatever the case may be. But, but what happened is he was unaware or stop me say like this. He stopped embracing the truth of where he was positioned. Right, right. Most of this makes sense to me. This makes sense. Now we're going to go dig deeper. Y'all ready? Yeah. Y'all like, okay, I can't hardly take that. Hold on. But we're going to dig deeper. Let's go to Romans chapter number seven. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to help you. Let's, let's look at this. What really happens in the life of the believer? Because we can feel them in our hands. And I feel them in my feet. And I feel them all over me. Well, what happens when you stop feeling them? Well, I need to go back to church and get feeling again. This is the, you know, this is a feeling station. My God today. Today. Okay. Okay, filling station. You mean to tell me I need to come back to a physical place to be filled again or something that's already inside of me? See, and this is why you have believers who have been saved for 30, 40, 50 years and don't know the joy of their salvation. They're just trying to escape hell. They're just trying to do the right thing. They're just trying to serve in the kitchen committee to say that they're doing something. And you don't even have joy in your salvation. Right. Romans chapter 7. 
Let's look at verse 20 through 24. Is this, is this all, are y'all right? He says, verse 20 says, now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it. But sin that dwells where? 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 It's within me. It's not me. Now, I'm going to read that again. I'm trying to help you. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it. Do you see the separation between who I am and what I do? It's not me. That's not me. But it's the sin that dwells in me. Now, I'm going to show you. That. I'm going to bring this down. It's going to help you. He says, so verse 21. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Now, this word law is not referring to the Mosaic law. He's referring to the law such as the, the law of gravity. Right. What comes up must come down. It, that's, that's what he's referring to. There are certain things that have laws that are attached to them. So he is saying that whenever I, I want to do good, everyone say nature. nature. He says, but there is evil that lies close at hand. Verse 22. For I delight in the law of God. Where? Where? That's who you really are. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in where? Not in me, but my members. Oh, apostle, this is just semantics. No, it's not. It's not just semantics. You are not your body. It's not just semantics. The sin that is in you is not who you are. It's going to make more. Oh, I'm I'm telling you. Calm down, BT3. I received the spirit of calm. (laughs) I received. Okay. Verse 24. Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? He's saying there's this war and there's this conflict happening within me that I can't escape. And what's going to happen? I just, ah. Thanks be to God. (laughs) Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself, who is myself? That's the real you. Serve the law of God where? With my, not my feet. Come on. Not my hands. Not not my tears, with my where? In my mind, watch this. But with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. See, this is why we need thinkers in the body. To understand that it begins with a mindset. Where Christ has positioned you does not change. But the problem is, we have not taught you to think like Christ. going to deliver me watch this verse let's skip to the next chapter Romans chapter 8 verses 5 through 8 it says for those who live according to the flesh 
set their minds on the things of the what? But those who live according to the capital S spirit, pay attention, please, set their minds on the things of the For to set the mind on the flesh is what? But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Oh, Prophet Nina, you're so heavenly minded. You're no earthly good. Oh, Brother Devon, all you think about is Jesus and how you can advance the kingdom. Can you just come down to earth for just a minute? <laughs> Didn't you just read to have your mind? On the flesh is death. And you're telling me across the pulpit that I'm so heavenly minded, I'm no earthly good. No wonder we are powerless. No wonder we're not having impact. No wonder the church is is, is her, has lost her voice corporately because we, 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 we buy into democratic and secular thinking and humanism. I need balance. No, you don't. You need Jesus. Right. I need to. I need. I need to. I need to do this, and I and people have to feel me, and I got to. No, 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 no. You have to understand as a believer, you are the standard. There's no such thing as too much church. Apostle, you just told me that a few minutes ago that I got to. That, that this isn't the filling station. So what do you mean? I'm confused. I understand you're confused because you have not gotten a revelation that you are the church. Stop being you. You're too much like Paul, Paul. Can you stop? Are you hearing this? Can we go deeper? Now watch verse 7. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. King James says enmity against God. Hostility and enmity is not a passive aggression. Right. Hostility and enmity is not. I don't care for him. He's, you know, I just I don't talk to him. It means I am plotting against him. Yeah. It means when I see him, I want to hurt him. What he is saying is your mind that is set in the flesh is literally. Everyone say literally. literally. Fighting against God. Yeah. I would never fight against God. Well, as soon as you disagree with him, you have set yourself up as an enemy and an opponent of God. Uh, see, I'm trying to help you. Position and condition. This is why people on your same row can be going through hell. Y'all can be going through similar hell. Some one of y'all screaming, jumping, crying, hallelujah. And the other one, I'm depressed, I'm angry, I don't understand. How come God don't say about me? It's not a matter of position, it's a matter of condition. Right. It's a matter of what you're conditioning your mind right. to believe. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> can we go deeper? Yes. 
Now, now watch what he says. He says it's hostility for it does not submit to God's law. Well, I'm trying, but, but here's the thing. It can't. Okay, well, there's my out. Not, don't, don't, not quite. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, let's break this down. I've been talking about it, but there's some components within this that I want to deal with. Are you all okay? Yes. The first component that I want to really deal with, and I've kind of been doing it already, is the flesh. I used to think that the flesh was what we saw, what we could feel. I, I, I was not completely right about that and not completely wrong. And the second component is the spirit. And the third is the body. And the fourth is nature. I'm going to break these down and I'm going to help you. Everyone say truth, truth. And, freedom. and freedom. Now, I want you to understand that each of these has laws and principles that activate them. Your flesh has principles that activate it. Your, the spirit has principles and laws that activate it. Your body has principles and spirits that activate it, principles that activate it, and our natures likewise. So our definition of the flesh, if it's not what we see, what we taste, what we feel, the flesh, brothers and sisters, literally is the mentality that is structured and empowered by the things that are temporal and come from our former nature. That's what the flesh is. The flesh is not your skin, your hair, your nose, your lips, your eyes. The flesh is a mentality that has been structured and empowered by the things that are temporal and of your former nature. That's the flesh. It is a mentality that is structured and empowered. What? By things that are what? Temporal and after your former nature. Pay attention. And the spirit, of course, is the spirit of God, the personality, power, and the intellect of the Father. Now, I'm about to help you here. So then what is my body if my flesh is, is not what I see? That is what we refer to as your body. Your body is what houses your spirit and your soul of a man that keeps you legal in the earth. Now, I told you that each of these components has laws and principles in it. So when he's talking about that it is not me who wants to do this, but the sin that is in me, he's talking about the equipment of your body that has proclivities that has nothing to do with the real you. Come on, come on, come on. It has weaknesses. Hallelujah. Let me, let me help you. We, we are in a building. But if we do not do anything in this building for the next, let's just say we abandon this building for the next 60 years, guess what will happen? Paint will come off the wall. Uh, 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 cobwebs, probably little furry animals would have had 10 generations in here. Because, because what happens is our bodies decay. There are innate weaknesses inside of you. Can I help you? Can I be real for just a moment? Just because you find somebody sexy doesn't mean you sin. Come on! That's a part of your body. That's a part of your makeup. You you get hungry. You get sleepy. You get the other H word. Doesn't mean you're a sinner. It means that a part of your body simply has weaknesses and proclivities. 
So he's saying if there's, there is sin, there are weaknesses that are dwelling in me. Watch this. That the capital L law tried to legislate. But it was weak because it did nothing for me. Hallelujah, Jesus. It was weak. He says, don't kill. Okay, I can't. I, okay, I can do that. I can control my hands. I can control my feet. But it does nothing for my heart. Don't steal. Don't covet. Okay, I won't take what's not mine. But that doesn't mean I won't daydream about it. I won't think about it. I won't lust after it. It does nothing for my heart. It does nothing for my heart. Now, Now watch this because... You need to understand this, brothers and sisters. We're talking about truth and freedom because we have beat people up for decades because if they have a struggle and they don't understand what's going on inside of them, they have made their struggle synonymous with who they are. Yes, yes, yes. That's what happened. Yep. Huh. Yep. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, come on, I release you from the bondage of religious foolishness. Come on, I release you from the bondage of erroneous thinking. I release you from that mess. You are who God says. You are come on Shia. You are who God says you are. And I need you to be free from your condemnation. See, this is why he opens up chapter 8, verse 1. Says, he says, now there is now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because the old man, is, it is our nature, it is what has died. Oh, Jesus. Can, can I go deeper? Can, can I go deeper? See, watch this. And I've said this in, in Power Life class before. Some of y'all weren't here and didn't forget it and whatever. But, 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 but let me ask you this. Did Adam and Eve have a sin nature? Trick question. Huh? No, yeah. No, yeah, I think. I don't know, Apostle. No, they did not have a sin nature. When God created the first day, the second day, he created man in his image and in his likeness. Watch this. They made a choice to sin. And by one man's act of disobedience, which was a sin, it opened the door, watch this, for the nature of humanity to be to, to, to be bent towards a nature that is counter God. Come on, sir. Which is why the you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Y'all still in with me? Then why did they sin? They made a choice to sin. They knew good and well that, that God don't eat the apple. Okay, God. Baby, the apple's cute. It's, it's wonderful. It's lovely. It tastes good. Okay. Dice into the apple. And many became sinners. I'm in Romans chapter 5. Come on, Bible readers. Many became sinners because of the sin of one man. But they did not have a sin nature to begin with. My God. 
This is why Jesus is the last man, Adam, who is perfect without sin and resets and reforms the whole thing. Right. Are y'all with me yet? So what happens is when we were baptized, when watch this, when we were born again, that nature, we'll say nature. nature. What is our nature? It is our organic proclivities. It is what we want to do naturally. It is what comes natural to us. And this is why that old man died where in baptism. Can I say this, Jesus? Yeah, I will. Well, we die daily. I want to know at what point since you died yesterday. So when you went to sleep, your old man said, And he just... Come on, I know I'm stretching some of you. Come on, go back to the scripture. He was not talking about undoing what Jesus had done. He was saying, I face death daily. <laughs> I quit. Okay. Good night. Like, you can't be hanging like that. Are y'all ready for more? Because there's more to this puzzle. Now watch this. Our old man died. But you're like, okay. But how come I still struggle and, and wrestle with certain things? Because you have not been conditioned right. to the truth and the reality of your position. Yeah. Right. I will. The reason you struggle is not because of what you haven't been positioned in. I'm not saying exactly the same, but the same thing. It's because you have not been conditioned to the reality of your position. I'm about to drop another bomb on you in just a moment. But I, mean, I need everyone to understand this so far. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Are y'all with me? Yeah. So, so, so watch this. Let me just give you this example, and we're going to drop another bomb. You apply for a job. You want this job. You don't know that the hiring manager has already said, make the call. They're hired for the job. They've already done your background. They've already set your salary. But what you don't know is the person that's supposed to call you got into a car accident and didn't get the email to call you. <laughs> So while you're stressing, did I get the job? What happened to me? You don't even know that your hire date was two years ago, Already. two days ago. Uh-huh. That's it. That's it. So somebody finally gets the email. Oh, we need to call him and tell him that they're hired. So the co-worker calls you and says, yeah, uh, we're sorry, but uh, we had an issue in the office, but you actually were hired last week. Will you accept the position? Let me make the connection. Your position was already fixed. But the condition and the reality of your position was not realized. 
So you were still stressed and worried and anxious, not knowing that you were already positioned on their payroll. Right, right. Now, watch this. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 9 and 10. Because you're telling me, Apostle, about my flesh and, and my body and my spirit and who I really am. I want you to see this for yourself. He says in verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. What does this mean? Your position is not in the mentality that is empowered and structured after temporal things. But I have a body. You're not in the flesh. But these thoughts come to my mind. You're not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. Am I reading the Bible right? I think I learned how to read a while ago. If in fact the spirit of God where? Just by showing hands. If the spirit of God dwells in you, just raise your hand, please. Okay. So that means you owe nothing to your flesh. So that means positionally you are in the spirit. You are not in the flesh. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, watch this, although the body is what? Because of? The spirit is life because of what? What is righteousness? It means a right position. What is righteousness? It means that the way that God looks at me puts me in a favorable position. Yeah. Hallelujah. So he says that, 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 that although the body is dead, although this part is dying away, although you have gray hairs, although your hair falls out, although you get arthritis, although all those things happen to your body, that's not who you are. So he says, I cannot live in a, in a, in a, in a former state of understanding because I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. Say that. Say, I'm in the spirit. Say, I'm not in my flesh. So, so the truth is that we're not in our flesh, but we can live after the flesh. So the battle is between if I'm going to live from the reality of my real self in my real nature or not. Okay. Can, can I... It's really not spiritual warfare. Oh, Jesus. Come on, sir. Come on. It's really, you are battling against principalities and powers. That's Bible language. What do I mean? You're really struggling against a mindset and a principle. That you are being fed through popular society. That you are being fed through ignorant church people. That you are being fed through social media. It's really not the devil. Come on, sir. Right. 
You have already been seated in heavenly places. Remember, Satan got kicked out of heaven. Either you believe it or you don't. And if I'm seated with him in heavenly places, you mean to tell me that he has access to me as I'm seated right next to Jesus Christ? The battle is whether or not you're going to believe who God says you are or you're not. The struggle is not on whether or not this demon of rejection is going to get off your back. It's who am I going to be in agreement with? Because I am power alive that I agree with. That's it. That's it. Because remember, your flesh is a mindset. And he says, you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. Right. Let me go carnal on you. Have you ever been at your desk at work? I know you have. And you've been just like, I cannot wait to leave here. (laughs) (laughs) You said, never. (laughs) There's a bucket for liars over here. (laughs) We all have. And sometimes we close our eyes and we imagine being somewhere else. Uh Uh-huh. Somewhere else is an island. Somewhere else is home. Somewhere else is church. Somewhere else is somewhere else. Anywhere. (laughs) And somebody says, hey, you go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but somewhere else. Watch this. Your position didn't change. Right. I hope y'all hear that. But with your mind, you went somewhere. And wanted to dwell there. What did you just say? And wanted to dwell there. And was dwelling there. <laughs> See, I'm trying to show you this. So this is why you are struggling and you're not walking in freedom. Because even though you are positioned in Christ, you allow your mind to. Your whole cubicle is filled with pictures of somewhere else. And no wonder you can't focus. Oh, Jesus. No wonder you're struggling. No wonder you hate your job. No wonder you're unhappy. No wonder. Because even though you are positioned there and that's where you rightfully belong, you have not brought your mind in agreement with where you have been positioned. So. So your old man died. I want you to embrace that. I'm almost done. Almost. Everyone say he's dead. dead. Say it again. Say he's dead or she's dead. dead. No longer there. So what that means is your nature or your proclivity to do wrong ceases to exist. But how come I want to do it? Because you are tempted when you are drawn away. 
When you're seated, this is why the Bible says, set your affections on what? And, and this is how you know you saved. When you want, when you, the real you, wants to do right, and you start getting convicted about that thought that comes, that's your real self saying, that struggle back and forth is a sign that your real you is alive. When you go, just, just don't feel, I don't need to be here. Why am I here? What's wrong with you? Nothing. I just, I, I, I'm going to go home. I'm good. That's, that's a sign that the real you is going, what? what? We don't do that. And it's not a matter of holiness or hell. You're going to hell. Make your ransom in. It's a matter of me coming to an awareness of who I am. And in coming to an awareness of who I am, that I am positioned in Christ. And that I am in the spirit. That stuff is beneath me. I don't even want to do it. I don't even have a desire to go to hell. I don't even have a desire to sin. I don't even have a desire to feel convicted. Y'all know how it is when you've done something you're supposed to do and you feel like the pitch. Why? Because there's a nature inside of you saying, this is against my nature. Right. Right. It's the reason you walk, you and I walk on two feet and we don't crawl everywhere. It's against our nature. We, We can do it. You can crawl, but it's not comfortable. It's not what your legs were designed for. You can do it. You can make it. Are y'all hearing me? You can do it, but it's far beneath the design of God for you. You can't go as far, run as fast, do as much on you on your knees. Is is this making sense? I'm almost done. Well, look at our text. John chapter 8, verse 31 to 36. Let me wrap this up. Jesus said to those who believe, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you or set you free. And the answer, we're the offspring of Abraham. Verse 34. And Jesus answered, truly, truly, I said to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Now, obviously, this is before his crucifixion. What his crucifixion did was broke the contract of sin. He paid the penalty for it. So you and I no longer have to be subjected to the sin that Adam committed. Are y'all with me? So what does he say? He says, so whom the son says free is free indeed. Now, now, now here's where I do my best not to run around here. Because this word free means to liberate. <laughs> and it means to exempt. What does it mean to be exempt? It means that you have been excused, excluded from everything and everybody else. 
So while everybody else has the I can't help it, I have been exempt from that stuff. All right. I'm not bound to the sin that is in my body. It means that the power that sin has, I'm exempt. All right. And then if that's not enough, he says, whom the son sets free is free indeed. That word indeed deals with reality and the opposite of what is pretended and fictitious. (laughs) So when you are in a sin moment, you're acting. When you are in your flesh and feelings and all that other stuff, that's really not you, bro. You are playing the role. Y'all remember the Avengers? Of course you do. I can't remember which one it was, but y'all remember when Loki had a little play? And he was acting like his father? Yeah, yeah. That's Thor. Thor, thank you. And so when when I saw it the first time, I'm like, wait, I thought his dad died in the previous one. What'd you say? What'd you say? Say that one more time. He did. So my, not seeing the movie before, I'm like, well, hold on. I'm, I'm really confused now. And then the, you know, the scene played out and all of a sudden he morphs back into who he really was. You know what he was doing? He was reliving the past. Oh, y'all hearing me? He was playing a role. That was not really his father. That was him acting like his dead dad. When you are in sin as a believer, you are playing a role. What you are saying is, I miss the old time, yeah? What you were saying, I missed the old BT3. Can we resurrect him for just a moment? I just need to feel nostalgia for some kind of reason. I just, I'm tired of my present responsibilities. I'm on my daddy. I'm on my flesh. I need to get off one more time. <laughs> That's not you. He says, whom the son sets free is your reality has already been changed. Whom the son sets free is exempt from temporal behavior. Whom the son sets free, you are free indeed. The problem is you have not been conditioned in your freedom. The problem is you have come into agreement with dead things in the past and you think that you owe them an explanation and you think that you owe these thoughts that are coming. The devil is a liar and he comes in your own voice. (laughs) He's a demonic ventriloquist. I love it. You a little stressed? I think we need to go get a drink. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Talk, sir. But he won't say we, he said I. Yeah, exactly. Your wife is getting on your nerves. You still got her number. Talk, sir. Man, the muscles was bulging the other day. Holy Ghost, help me. No, no, no. That old nature died. That's not you talking to you. That's not you talking to you. That's not you talking to you. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Here's the reality, brothers and sisters. I'm done. I'm, I'm wrapping up. I promise. Here's the linchpin to all of this. Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. By the mercies of God. To present your. Oh, that same body that has sin in it. Present your body. He just say present yourself. Come on, thinkers. Present your body. I'm not my body, but my body is is in my stewardship because it is housing my spirit. Oh God, oh God. So I present my my body. You're not going to think this thought. You are not going to be. No, no, we are not going to satisfy this craving. No, this no, this is my body. And I put it on the altar. That's it. I presented a living what. Sacrifice. holy and acceptable unto God. See, this is where we get off the boat because we, we think that we do a little bit of something that is accepted. No, no, no. A, a, an offering has to be accepted. God does not accept everything that you offer. <laughs> well, I prayed for five minutes, but if he told you to pray for eight, you're wrong. Well, I, I gave five percent, and the Lord's working on me. No, if He said give ten, you're wrong. Doesn't mean that your position has changed. It means the condition of your reality needs some work. He says, "Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship." Here's the linchpin, verse number two: Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed. It means to be put into a mold. It means to be fashioned after. Stop getting your theology from Facebook memes. Do not be conformed to this world. I need to be married by now. Says who? Do not live to the standards outside of anything that God has not set for you. That's it. That's it. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing, Renewing of your what? Mind. Of your mind. By testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable, and what? Perfect. I've tried to help you understand truth and freedom. 
that we have been positioned in Christ, but our condition does not always match our reality because we have not been renewed in our minds. And we have been taught a lot of inaccurate, erroneous things about who we are, not realizing that old nature, dead, done. But why do I struggle? Because there is still a mentality called the flesh that is seeking to have audience and space in you. And if you do not renew your mind, you will walk after the flesh. But you have to put to death the deeds of this body. And you know what you're doing really? Is your, your, your flesh is dying so your spirit can be expressed. Come on, sir. When God puts you in a crushing moment, I'm done. Please stand to your feet. When God puts you in a crushing moment, he's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to get himself expressed through you. He's not petty, but he is personal. I want you to lift your hands, please. Come on, begin to worship him. Truth and freedom. What makes you tr uh, free? Truth. <laughs> and the reason a great many of us have not been walking in freedom is because we have not known the truth. I want you to begin to worship him. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, open up your mouth and begin to worship him. He come on. Come on, stir up the spirit man. Come on, come on. Come on, stir up that spirit man inside of you. He's wanting to be released. He's wanting to be expressed. Come on, stir up that spirit man. Every time we, 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 we give more attention to the flesh and that reality of temporal things, what we do is we empower a narrative that God has not given to us. Come on, I want you to stir up your spirit man. See, this is why some of us struggle. It's because our spirit man is malnourished and we are weak and we have no endurance in the spirit. We pray for five minutes and it feels like we've been praying for an hour. But I but I confess and I, and I just declare to you that you are coming into a heightened awareness and an understanding that you are free and that you have to begin to walk in that freedom and talk in that freedom and live in the spirit and walk in the spirit and talk in the spirit. You're not crazy. You're not weird. You're not spooky. You're not insane. No, 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 no. That is your reality. Your reality is freedom. Come on, open up your mouth and begin to worship him. Come on, stir yourself up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I lose the spirit of time.